Peachy, how are you doing today? Good. Just kind of wrapping up my day, which I appreciate. Usually do these these AMAs kind of earlier in the morning. And so it's kind of nice to be able to like end on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love to hear. We're, we're really excited to have you here with us today to talk about, you know, ways to protect ourselves, to ensure maximum security. And as we navigate the, through these these crazy times, um, just to like start off as a little bit of a warm up, keep you just like introduce yourself to all of us about what your role is and what you do at Ledger. Yeah, um, that's a, I absolutely love to start that way. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm peachy, as you guys can see. Um, I work with the uh, I work as part of the um, community team as well as the customer service team uh, at Ledger. I've been doing that since February. Um, started in the space, much like everyone else, kind of just like, you know, doing uh, NFTs and, and fo- mainly focus on NFTs and then found myself uh, with an opportunity to, to work at Ledger just because they were hiring uh, in my town of Portland uh, over in Oregon. And so that was really, really exciting. Um, you know, so I'm spending the last few months doing a lot of these AMAs, uh, primarily focused on just like bringing an opportunity to communities to be able to ask questions and to kind of go over topics about security that are like leaving, like burning, like burning questions in people's po- pockets mostly, um, which has been really rewarding. It's been a lot of fun these last few, uh, these last few months. And uh, I've been able to talk to a lot of really great communities, uh, much like, much like this one. And uh, I'm excited to be able to, to answer some questions today. No, we're, we're super stoked to, uh, you know, ask you, we have so many questions to ask, you know, to be able to maximize security and ensure that all of our assets are safe, especially with the trying times that we have going on. We're really stoked. And for everyone in the crowd, we're going to open up the room towards the end of the space to answer any questions that many of you have. Also, shout out to everyone who went to the post and commented on the space asking questions we have a list of the questions that everyone provided that we're going to ask peachy but i'm also joined on stage with our founder joe joe what's going on good morning i just wanted to say really quickly um actually if you have a question and maybe you don't want to wait or don't want to worry about it not being answered you can always drop it down in the comments and we will make sure to get to those questions as well. Um, yeah, just want to make sure that everyone has a way to get their question answered. Absolutely. And Joe made an incredible point. Please, if you guys could all hit that button in the bottom right corner, please ask questions. We can definitely get them. If you're a little bit anxious when it comes to uh, coming on stage, we want to make sure we're accommodating everyone. So please hit the bottom right corner ask your questions to Ledger and we're, we're going to crush it all. We're really, really stoked and make sure to share out the room, share out in your group chats, let people know that we are here. If you are an artist, if you are a collector, if you are an art enjoyer, then this is the space for you. So that way we can answer all your burning questions with Ledger here. Peachy's on stage. We're really, really stoked. Um, Peachy, just to like kick things off, you know, I got all the questions here, ready to dial in, ready to go. And I think we'll just start from the top. You know, why is security such an important topic in Web3? I know there's so much going on, but why do you think it's such an important topic right now in Web3? Yeah, I mean, I think to me, like at least seeing the landscape as it's changed over the last few months, um, obviously uh, things like 
you know, securing your assets isn't something that people have been focusing on um, since NFTs are really kind of boomed as of late, mainly because you're running into a lot of these, you know, transaction-based scams and uh, malicious contract interactions that are resulting in people losing assets. That's what you see on Twitter a lot, right? And, you know, people, oh, I got hacked, I, I lost all these assets, and then it just turns out that they, like, you know, signed a... Uh, malicious transaction that just transferred their NFTs away. Not necessarily like, um, you know, like you're not necessarily hacked. You're more of just like fished in that case. Um, and then obviously they're on the flip side of that, um, you know, hacks come more in the form of like losing your recovery phrase, right? Your recovery phrase or your seed phrase or your 24 words or the word, those of you using MetaMask might know it as a 12 word recovery phrase. Um, you know, when you, when you lose those, those words, when you lose that phrase, um, and by lose, I mean like, you know, someone else gets it or, or gets a hold of it, then, um, that's more of what you're experiencing when you're losing everything, right? That's, that's, you know, you've been, your assets have been taken, all of your accounts are compromised. Um, and that's why having a ledger is so important because it's going to protect those going forward. No, I fully agree. It breaks my heart anytime that I hear someone accidentally click a link and it can happen to anybody at any time. You know, I, I've, I had conversations recently with friends that, you know, who are artists who, of course, put their hard, you know, their their hours in, you know, making the art, get, you know, marketing themselves there, their marketing advisor, their their own marketing agency and to put in those hours in and, you know, get the sales, which they're so deserving of and to have it all vanish just because they accidentally clicked a link, uh, whether it was in Discord or on Twitter, and have that evaporate. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And if we can, as you know, a united front with everyone here at Burrito Dow, you know, take a step towards ensuring security and just being able to provide the education, you know, bear that information, that arm, you know, that is so important to make sure that everyone stays safe as we look to build over the coming years here in the space i think you know the the hardest lessons in life are learned the hard way and if we could just prevent one person from having to go through that uh i think i i think all everyone here at burrito dad would just sleep a little bit easier at night and that kind of like leads into the next question you know what is the concept of self-custody and how's that does the blockchain work say when it compares to a bank yeah, so I think like you know the the topic of self custody is is really important, especially um, after the events of of FTX, um, as well as Celsius. In, in any of these situations where you have these exchanges that um, either you know collapse or or go bankrupt, whatever happens, and you find yourself um, the the funds that you had in those accounts suddenly evaporate, right? They're they're uh, wrapped up in in bankruptcy proceedings, and there's nothing that you can really do to get those assets back. Um, and self-custody is sort of the, it's the idea of, of breaking free from that. Um, that's why we talk about like not your keys, not your crypto. And that's a lot of what these people are experiencing, unfortunately. And, and the reality is um, in, in the space, you know, with how, how the blockchain worked, right? Is I mean, your, your assets, for, for a good example, I, I like to talk about this is like in the frame of a ledger. A lot of people think that you're, or might think that your assets are like stored on your ledger. And that's not the case. Your assets are on the blockchain, right? Just like everything else. Your, your, your crypto's out there, your, your NFTs are out there, and your recovery phrase, your private key is how you're going to access those assets. 
And so ultimately, if you are if you are not the one with the keys to those assets, right? Um, essentially, like I guess a good way to think. So something that I've I've learned over the past few few months is trying to like put this kind of conversation into like a good analogy. And so a good way to think about it is like your recovery phrase, your private keys, right? The, that's a map. Imagine the blockchain as like a giant field of dirt and um, you, you've buried your assets out there. Uh, your keys, your recovery phrase, your private keys, that's a map to where, um, the, where those assets are. And the only way that you're going to be able to get to those assets is if you have those keys. Now, in the case of a, an exchange, for example, that's somebody that has the map that is like, here you go, this is how much you have. Um, and obviously, when they want to to take that money away, then they have access to the map and they're able to go and take the money away, no problem. But if you are the only one with the map, you're the only one with access to those to that crypto um, or to whatever you know your assets that are buried out there. And so it's just like when you think of self custody, self custody is like taking the taking the assets, taking your crypto, taking your NFTs, um, and and ensuring that you are the sole owner of those assets. And that there isn't a third party or anyone else out there that has any control or ability to to you know interact with those uh, with those assets without your permission. And that kind of like leads into the next question perfectly: the difference between like a software and a hardware wallet. I think a lot of people don't understand the differences between both of them. Uh, and if we could clear that up, I think that would be so helpful to like everyone in the room. Yeah. So, you know, the, di- the main difference between a software wallet and a hardware wallet really just comes down to how is the recovery phrase generated? Um, you'll hear me talk a lot about the recovery phrase during like during conversations like this, because it's super important to remember, like the recovery phrase is the most vital piece to this entire thing. Right. And so on a software wallet like MetaMask, for example, um, you're generating that recovery phrase online. Um, it's that's what makes it quote unquote hot. That's why you can call it a hot wallet. Um, and when you generate the that recovery phrase online, um, it's it's generally considered like generated in a unsafe place, right? So you know you, the MetaMask stores that recovery phrase on a file in your computer. Um, it's in your you know your Google your in Google Chrome. Um, if you have it on your phone, it's backed up into your Apple uh, ID. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways for, for hackers or malicious actors to be able to get access to that recovery phrase through means of like malicious software and a hardware wallet is generating what essentially what that means or a cold storage is generating that recovery phrase in an offline device. So ultimately that's like what the ledger device does is it's going to generate that recovery phrase in a secure location offline where nobody can ever get in to take the recovery phrase, nor can anyone ever take the recovery phrase out of the device. And that actually, so that's all incredibly important to know. I think having it offline is insanely important. And that brings us to the next point about like storing and protecting our seed phrases. I feel like I've had multiple conversations with so many different individuals who have a ledger wallet uh, or have different you know, ways to protect their assets. But I, I always think to myself, like, what is the best way that we can go about to store and protect the seed phrase? You know, one thing that I've heard is like, you should never store your seed phrase on your phone. Um, you know, for example, you know, um, social engineering is very prevalent where someone could pretend to 
you know, be a family member in your phone plan and gain access to your cell phone and socially engineer their way into your phone and steal your information. Uh, I think it's really important, you know, not only to have your assets on a wallet like Ledger, but also protecting that information. You know, what would you say is the best way to secure uh, your seed phrase? Yeah, um, there's. A, I think this is like kind of an interesting conversation because there, you know, ultimately what what we are going to recommend for you to do is to have, um, you know, have your recovery phrase on a physical, like either a physical piece of paper. Like we we provide a recovery sheet um, with within the the box when you get your nano, um, which is a great place to store it. It's you know numbered. It's it's just a nice sheet to place it on. We also provide um, metal solutions like the Crypto Steel or the Crypto Tag Zeus, which are like you know blast-proof, fireproof, waterproof uh, metal uh, sheet solutions for your recovery phrase. Um, but I, I, you know, obviously, I've noticed a lot of there's there's a lot of people out there that do things like um, you know they'll uh, put their recovery they'll split the recovery phrase up into like four parts and then email that to themselves. Um, with from like four different emails i've seen that before which i highly don't i highly do not recommend um and then things like you know uh, t- putting it in code or like you know, encrypting it it's these things are just like setting yourself up for failure in a lot of ways or like you you were saying you know taking a picture of it saving it on your computer in a word doc um a lot of a lot of what protecting the recovery phrase is is it's either a hundred percent safe or it 100% isn't. That's the best way to think about it. And so if your recovery phrase, um, if you've generated the phrase on your device and you wrote it down and then you put that piece of paper in a safe, right in your house, then there at, during that process, there's not been a single moment where your recovery phrase could have been, you know, either someone was watching over your shoulder, someone took a, took a picture of it. Um, that recovery phrase has never touched the internet. And you can be 100% certain that you are never going to have to worry about somebody getting access to that recovery phrase as long as you don't give it out, right? Um, but if you do something like, you know, take a picture of it, ever, just even once upload it up to your computer and then delete it, there's always this like, it's this feeling of, of you know, my ni- I'm 99% sure or, you know, I'm 98% sure. And it's, that's just honestly not worth it. Um, it's by far the best way is, is getting, get a metal solution, um, put it on a metal solution and then put that in the safe. And something that I would also recommend, um, only because I've just recently seen this happen to someone, um, don't, it's all, it's honestly is, is not a bad idea to keep, um, a second backup of it, uh, only because I did just recently uh, have a conversation with someone whose whose house unfortunately burned down, um, and their the place that they had their recovery phrase and ledger stored in was burned in the fire, and it's a really sad reality to have to like talk to somebody about that and and you know explain to them like you know there's nothing you can do the recovery phrase is lost you know your device is destroyed, um, so if there's ever a way for you I, I mean. You know, there's 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 definitely solutions, or you know, however you want to do it. Um, it's always not a bad idea to just have a second, you know, written down uh, version somewhere, just in like an absolute backup, you know, situation. But it should be stored in the same kind of manner as the as the first one, right? Where it's you know, a metal solution or in a safe, whatever it may be. So it's funny. So 
Thank you for answering that because I think it's important to not only store it, you know, I love the idea of having it on a metal card and then putting it in a safe. I think that's incredibly important. But as you were explaining all that, you know, a question did come to mind. So I'm going to throw you a curveball, um, you know, from the field, if you will. Um, so the, this concept thought came up when I think about, you know, my family and my wife. God forbid something were to ever happen to me. I know this is probably up to interpretation and like whatever you think, but let's say for whatever reason, uh, something happens to us and you have to pass on the keys to somebody that you love. Um, what kind of measures or uh, some recommendations would you have to maybe not only educate, but be able to pass on the information to somebody uh, within your family? Yeah, I actually think that this is a fantastic conversation that is, it's one that is like going, it's happening all over the space. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's something that a lot of people are still trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. I know that, um, you know, I believe, I, I'm not 100% sure. I've definitely heard rumblings that I, I think Ledger is working on some solution for this situation, Ooh. which in my eyes would be the only way that I can like fathomly think about it would be um, you give like either you give ledger or you just give like maybe your lawyer or something like part of your recovery phrase. And then you give like your family the other part of it. So like not one entity can, you know, take control and that you have to come together to, to do that. I believe there are solutions out there that currently exist that utilize that format where, you know, you give like, a quarter of the phrase to your 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 parents, um, another quarter of the phrase to like your your fiance or wife or, or partner um, or husband, um, and then give like another chunk of it to like a lawyer or something along those lines. There are solutions out there. Ledger doesn't currently provide one. It really is kind of up to you on what you feel is best. But to think of like a, what's the best practice if you're going to approach this, um, I would say definitely do your research to see if there's any like um, legitimate solutions out there. And also make sure that whatever entity you do give some access to your recovery phrase to, um, or at least however you maybe split it up, just make sure that not one person has the ability to gain access to the full phrase. Um, I love that response. I, I love it because, um, you know, I, I think it's one thing that we can all work towards. I, I'm glad that Ledger's having these conversations and thinking about, you know, the future because, you know, ideally what we're doing today whether it's invested in crypto, protecting our assets, protecting our art, uh, eventually, you know, there will be a time where we do have to move on and leave a legacy behind. And we want to be able to provide access to, you know, what we've left behind to our family members. And I think, you know, whether it's Ledger, an alternative solution, working with a lawyer and doing the half and half of the C phrase, I, uh, I think it's great. Um, another thing that just popped to mind, <laughs> more questions are coming up. Um, what are some ways that we can move forward and help educate our family members about how to utilize a ledger? Is it through YouTube? Do you, do you have any resources or uh, any advice to help, you know, not just not really onboard, but provide the information necessary to access our assets? Yeah, um, I think, you know, we, we have a great platform called Ledger Academy that I don't think a lot of people utilize um, enough of. It's, mm. you know, it's a great collection of uh, articles ranging from security to just 
you know, how does the blockchain work? Um, how, what is a wallet? There are tons. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of articles there, um, as well as our, our YouTube channel, I think are both two fantastic resources for somebody getting started. And I think it allows, um, especially in those in situations potentially where, you know, if, let's say a family member comes into, you know, the hands of a ledger device. It's like, well, what do I do? How do I know what's on here? How do I know how to access assets? Um, those, though, and that's something that you can also, like, if you're really in a situation like that, you know, reaching out to ledger support, uh, myself or others uh, on, on our team will absolutely, you know, step up to the plate to be able to walk you through those pro that process. What does that look like? What do you need to look for? What, sh how should you connect your device to like your computer to figure out what's there? Um, I think that's kind of like, that's something that I would absolutely, you know, myself personally, um, step up and, and, and help somebody walk through because that is a tough situation. And, but, but beyond that, you know, YouTube, uh, Ledger Academy are both really great resources for people, um, kind of taking their first steps into crypto and, and the Ledger device in general. And it's something I would absolutely recommend to anyone. Thank you. No, that's, that's really, really important. You know, even when I think about, you know, my crypto, my, my assets, I'm thinking about, you know, my wife and my family, like, where can I, you know, pinpoint them in terms of like the resources that they need uh, in order to access anything that I have. So thank you so much. And just a reminder to everyone in the room, we are rocking out with Peachy from Ledger. If you guys have any questions, I please, I am, I invite you to hit that uh, button in the bottom right corner and ask a question. We're going to be answering them throughout today's space. We're rocking, we're crushing it, we're having a great time, and we're really arming ourselves with the education necessary to protect ourselves as we navigate through this space. So make sure to hit that bottom right corner and share the space out with a friend. Now let's get back to more Ledger Talk. So the next thing that I have in mind, so now that we've covered that, thank you so much. Uh, one thing that is, of course, on top of everyone's mind, you know, everyone has their NFTs on, you know, whether it's a hot wallet or their MetaMask or whatever it is. And one question that I get a lot is, you know, do hardware wallets protect you from all risks? You know, is it worth moving it all over? Uh, I love to hear, you know, does it protect you from everything or only certain things? Yeah, this is actually like, you know, it's it's a conversation that um, I, I really kind of struck me to that is it needed to be had um, during VCon actually of this year. I was able to go to VCon um, with Ledger, um, you know, being customer support basically there. And uh, during during VCon, uh, Seth Green talked about how he was uh, fished and lost his assets. And I remember having a lot of people come through our area uh, looking to buy a ledger because, you know, they're like, oh, I don't want what happened to Seth Green happened to me. And, you know, there was a lot of the conversation of like, you know, well, what happened to Seth Green and, you know, it isn't something that a ledger would protect you against. And I think that's kind of, you know, we I see a lot of this conversation on Twitter as well, like. You see somebody, you know, explaining, oh my gosh, I signed a transaction, I lost my assets. And then the first thing people ask is, well, did you have a ledger? And that really shouldn't be the first question because ultimately there's a lot of things that a ledger can't protect you against. Um, the way that I like to think about it is there's, there's two main ways that you're going to get wrecked in this space. Uh, number one is losing your recovery phrase. And number two is signing a transaction that harms you. So like, as we've kind of talked about um, already, that first way of losing recovery phrase, you know, cannot happen with a ledger, um, at least in the eyes of 
the device is never going to be able to be hacked uh, to lose the device or to lose the recovery phrase or to give it out or to give out your private key. Um, as long as you have the recovery phrase in an offline solution um, and you never give out the recovery phrase yourself, and I mean to anyone, uh, Ledger Live will never ask you for a recovery phrase. Uh, Ledger Support will never ask you for a recovery phrase. You know, um, Burrito Dow's Twitter is never going to ask you for a recovery phrase. Um, as long as you, you keep in mind to never, ever give out that phrase, you're never going to have to worry about that first issue um, or that first way to get wrecked with, uh, with a Ledger device. Um, but the I have a second quick question one, about that, yeah. super, super quick question, no, you're good. you know, what are some instances where someone could be, uh, you know, maliciously acted upon where like you would see something like that? Because in my time, I've never seen anything ask me for that. And of course, I, I know enough not to, but like, are there sneaky ways where, um, you know, malicious websites will try to tactically like grab that from you? You know, what are some examples or any that you can think of? Yeah, I, I think there's there's a few that come to mind that at least jumped out to me as like, whoa. Um, mm-hmm. Number one is uh, people will – I don't know how people manage to get to them, but um, like fake Ledger Lives, uh, either in the form of – there was actually a time, it was about like a couple months ago, where um, some – I'm assuming a group found or kind of realized that they could put fake Ledger Live applications on the Microsoft Store because we don't have, um, you can only get Ledger Live uh, through the, the through iOS or the Apple Store and um, the Google Play Store, and so we had a lot of people who who f- downloaded this fake Microsoft app, and you know it would you would plug your device in, and it would just like kind of uh, it would like process for a second and say, oh, uh, device not active, you need to re- quote unquote refresh your accounts, and then it would ask you just to input your recovery phrase. Um, so that's one way, or, or there's people will look up like Ledger Live on Google and will find fake Ledger Lives through that way. Um, and it's the same thing. It's like, it's actually kind of funny. Some of the sites are super, super bad where it's like you, you'll, it'll ask you to like connect your ledger and you just hit like the connect button. And then it's like says, oh, your ledger's connecting. And then it'll say, oh, connection failed because you need to input your recovery phrase. Um, and so it's like, you're pretty easy to, to call these out and to, and to like realize what's happening. I will say there, there was one that like, wasn't necessarily ledger related, but almost got my, my, my hot wallet recovery phrase. Um, and this was back when I, I, I had found, there was somebody on, on discord, a discord that I was in that kind of was mentioned like, Oh, I just lost all my assets and stuff. And, um, you know, I asked like, oh, can I look at your ether scan? I'm interested to see like what, you know, did you sign something? And it looked and he had approved all the transactions out. So it looked like he lost his recovery phrase. And when I said that, he was like, oh, it's not possible. Like I only went to this one website and it was a fake other side um, website. And I kind of was messing around with it. And when it asked me to log, it asked to like connect my wallet. I was like, all right. So I connected my wallet and it said that like my, for some reason, like it looked like I logged out of MetaMask. And so I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And so I tried logging in and it was telling me my password was wrong. And I was like, why my password's wrong? My password's not wrong. And then, um, so to recover the password, you actually have to go to like a separate uh, web page in MetaMask to input your recovery phrase to recover your password. And except this time, what this, what this site was trying to get me to do was to actually input my recovery phrase right there on the site. And I, I remember like starting to like think like, man, do I have to really put my, input my recovery phrase right here? 
And then that was like that moment of like, oh shit, like that's that that's what happened. And it was actually the website was like um, it was causing a uh, I can't remember exactly what it was doing, but it basically was causing the failure of of your password to log into MetaMask. And then it would um, then it overlaid like a fake MetaMask to try to get you to input your recovery phrase. Um, and then that's that's really what it was. And it was just like that moment where I realized like, oh, you, you're supposed to go to a separate page actually um, to do that. And so once I realized I was like, it wants me to input my recovery phrase on this web page. That's why I was like, this is the scam. Um, I have only seen that that one time and the web page went, went down pretty quickly afterwards. But that was definitely a scary one because I was thinking to myself like, man, I was, I was getting ready to input my recovery phrase here. And I was looking for this, um, for this guy. And that's, that's how crazy they can get. That's terrifying to think about, you know, like you're, you're sitting there and you're like, your, your hand is like your fingers right on the keyboard. And you're like, wait a minute, this is not <laughs> like, that's when the movie stops. And it's like, things are not good. Um, but I'm glad that you were able to like, kind of see that and, and like pinpoint that out. And I think that kind of also is like a great tidbit, like where, you know, any website that is asking you to ask for your, your, you know, recovery phase or excuse me, your seed phrase, you know, that is uh, a clear indication of something not right. So thank you so much for giving me that example. I know we were talking about, you know, uh, losing your seed phrase uh, in terms of, you know, uh, ways that or like the way that your hardware wallet can protect you from uh, most uh, risks. But like, what are some other examples? I know uh, the seed phrase was one. We were going to the second one. Yeah. So really, like, you know, as we're saying with like the two ways you can get wrecked, first one being losing the recovery phrase. Um, second one really is signing a transaction that harms you. And so, like I said in the beginning, this is what you see on Twitter a lot. Um, this is that like, you know, you're, someone tweets, oh, I just lost all my assets and, you know, I got hacked. Um, typically, it's just a situation where, you know, they find themselves onto a scam website you know, connect your wallet looks normal. Um, but when you, you know, go to do the whatever, you know, if you're, let's say it's a fake mint site and it suddenly asks you to, to transfer it, the, it asks you to transfer your NFTs away or sign a, a set approval for all, um, you know, or the, or the one that we've seen more recently is uh, a, it's actually a, a gasless transaction um, or a signature which is uh, gasless transactions are one are transactions where you're not actually changing the state of the blockchain, um, which is kind of important between like gasless and, and uh, transactions that you have to pay gas for. Um, but what, what, what like this scam is trying to do is it's trying to get you to, it's trying to utilize your existing approvals on OpenSea, um, which I'll try to wrap this because I don't want to get too deep into that, um, where like your existing approvals. So, if you have ever listed an NFT on OpenSea, then you've signed a set approval for all. And that's just so that when that NFT sells, it can transfer the NFT out of your account and give you the money that someone paid for the NFT without you having to sign a transaction to send the NFT away. That's what set approval for all does. Um, but what this scam tries to do is it it uses that like existing approvals that you've signed with OpenSea and tries to get you to list all of your NFTs for zero ETH in a private sale that only the scammer can access. Um, and it's, it's, a br it's brutal. It's brutal. It's one where, you know, you can lose everything that you've had approved um, in OpenSea in just like one quick gasless transaction. And um, it's something that like we're, 
super aware of and like i'm trying to do as much as i can to like you know educating people about this um but it is it, it's one that that really sucks to see because you know it can it can hit you really fast and then you know next thing you know your assets are gone that's really good to know you know especially with the updates with the the approved for all i know like i've signed that uh, um, a lot of times when I'm like selling an NFT or anything like that, uh, what are some ways that we can, you know, protect ourselves and to mitigate the risks of falling for a scam, uh, whether it's, you know, losing your seed phrase or like, uh, an instance, like you said, where, uh, your NFTs will be sold on a private sale at zero. Yeah. yeah so <clears throat> ultimately these are kind of things that the easiest way to avoid them is to educate yourself on what they look like. So for example, if you're on a minting site and you, you know, you click the mint button and suddenly a transaction pops up where it's, you know, using a transfer from function or now that MetaMask or MetaMask has changed it where it's now like, you know, uh, it'll say like, if you're trying to sign a set of brew for all, it throws this big, big like red box up. Um, you know, seeing those things outside of places like OpenSea um, should immediately set off a red flag of like, okay, that's not good. I should not be seeing that. Um, the the gasless transaction one, <clears throat> I'm prob- I've probably scared somebody in in the in the audience think like thinking, oh my god, how am I going to know this? Um, and I can tell you that it's actually super, 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 super clear when it's malicious versus not malicious. Um, so. A, a, a gasless transaction or signature is something that everyone in the audience has done. Um, when you go to log into OpenSea, you sign one. When you uh, use Collabland or Prement, you're signing a gasless transaction. And what that looks like is it'll just have uh, usually where it'll you know all the the transaction information like oh what function are you using on MetaMask instead of showing that it'll just have a message. They'll say message and it'll be like you are signing into OpenSea or you are verifying your assets with Collabland. As long as you can read that message and it's like clear as day, then it's safe to sign. The only time that it is malicious or bad is when it'll say like Seaport, which means that it's interacting with OpenSea and it'll, it'll throw this big, ugly transaction looking message where it's like, it has the hash and it has the you know addresses and stuff. And, you know, if you can look at those two side by side, you'll go, oh, okay, I will always be able to identify when that's happening. Um, and so for that, what I always recommend people is when I'm doing these is to uh, is to follow um, some good people on Twitter. Uh, either we, me, or OX Quit are both amazing people um, that are part of Boring Security DAO. Um, they do an, a fantastic job of continuously updating people with t- great Twitter threads. Um, talking about these scams, um, something that else that I, I love to, to, to like just reiterate from from quit is to never be first. So always take your time. Um, and if you ever do end up finding yourself onto a scam website, you don't have to worry. Um, it's only that process of signing transactions that's when you actually could potentially get scammed. So connecting to a, a bad or a scam website isn't isn't necessarily bad, but if you do click on a link to a scam site and the website immediately tries to get you to connect your wallet um, without you clicking anything, that should be like red flag number one. If that happens, that should be like your, okay, hold up, like take a step back. Let's, 
let's think about this. Um, that's always like the number one easy red flag that I've, I've noticed is like the moment that I connect to a, or the moment I get to a website and it immediately tries to connect into my wallet. It's like, okay, okay. You're clearly, you <laughs> clearly something's off here. No. And uh, that also goes, I think for like, you know, Twitter links, like make sure to double check the, the Twitter page that you're clicking and everything, because I've definitely almost have fallen susceptible to like a fake Twitter account. I forget what the project was. It was earlier this year, but the the handle looked almost identical to the project that I was following. And I like clicked the link, opened my MetaMask, and I was like, wait a minute, I probably shouldn't be doing this. I should probably like take a step back, uh, check everything. So like whatever it is, everybody's double check, triple check, quadruple check any links that you touch. Um, and that actually brings us to, you know, the next uh, piece, Peachy. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, go to the next question? No, I was just going to, I was just going to mention also like, you know, if something's too good to be true, it usually is. So if you get a tweet, that's like, you know, art blocks is minting um, or we're doing a hundred extra. Uh, it's like, okay. Um, also, if you, you find a tweet where the replies are blocked, um, that's also like a pretty easy, like, okay, because it's blocked because they don't want people calling me out for being a scammer. Um, those are just like little things to know on, you know, when you're on Twitter, um, just like to an extra way to, to keep an eye on things um, to avoid getting scammed. No, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that, about people like blocking comments because that's a, you know, that's the number one thing I would like think to check is like, are people like commenting on the, this? What's the status, the update? Um, thank you for that. That's super helpful. And this actually transitions perfectly into, uh, the next segment because a lot of the, uh, individuals in the room, uh, are artists. And what I love is people are taking ownership of their smart contracts. I think that's incredibly important to have ownership of your smart contract. If you're selling on Manifold, I know a lot of people in here are doing so. Uh, and this brings us to, you know, more of the smart contract safety aspect, um, for you, Peachy, like what could smart contract why or excuse me, why could smart contracts be risky to uh, people new um, to the space? Yeah, I think you know, for more than anything else, it's just that smart contracts can look really scary and look really daunting and have you know a lot of uh, hidden things that could you know potentially harm you or you're not sure like what you know what the what the contract can do. Um, there's a lot of different, you know, for me, the way that I see it is like, uh, always, you know, for, for, for starters, just being able to see the contract on Etherscan, um, being able to have an idea of what it looks like and making sure that you actually are able to view it is really important just so that way it gives you the peace of mind knowing that if there, someone's not trying to hide something, um, on top of that as well, like just having the ability to, to know common transaction uh, functions. A lot of them are ex like they're they're pretty standardized, and so it should be fairly easy easy for for you to recognize um, you know those functions as they're coming to you in MetaMask or any other wallet uh, fee or any other wallet function. Um, one of the things that I do and I'm really excited about uh, is so last uh, Ledger open in I think it was June or, or May. No, I think it was I think it was June. Um, or was it July? Regardless, it, in Ledger Open, we announced uh, Ledger Connect, which is our um, it's our Web three solution. Uh, we like to call it. It's it's our uh, it's our replacement to MetaMask um, is the way that I like to call it. 
and it's it's that ability to be able to use your ledger with um, you know real Web three DApps, you know, connecting to things like OpenSea and, and other and others without having to connect to MetaMask first to be able to do that. And what Ledger Connect is going to do um, is it's going to it's being built with the idea of making sure that the user has as much information as possible um, before signing a transaction. So if I go to a you know if I'm going to go sign something, it's going to let me know that the contract um, was you know it's like hey the contract was deployed four days ago, which you know isn't necessarily always a red flag. Right, right. Like, obviously, if you're going to mint something, then yes, the contract is new. But if you are interacting with, like, you know, Uniswap's contract, for example, and it tells you, hey, this contract's brand new, that could be a red flag for you. Um, as well as just giving very clear information of, like, what's happening in the transaction. Like, hey, you are, you're on a mint site, right? But what this transaction is going to do is it's going to send your NFTs away and you're not going to get anything back. Um, and that's like what the idea behind Ledger, Net, Ledger Connect is to be able to give that information. So you as a user don't feel like you have to, you know, memorize contract uh, interactions and functions and when you should and shouldn't see them. You'll just be able to recognize, you know, okay, obviously I don't want to be giving away my NFTs and not getting anything back. And that should ideally helps, you know, avoid those big situations. Just out of curiosity with uh, Ledger, is it Ledger Connect? Yeah. A lot of us, or a lot that I see, you know, we, we use Manifold, uh, you know, I think it could be very easy for someone to impersonate another artist uh, that uses Manifold uh, to mint their NFTs. Uh, would something like a resource like Ledger Connect be able to, you know, see those uh, cracks in the smart contract um, on Manifold? Yeah, so I think you know, ideally with with things like Manifold, it, it should be able to give you an idea of like, okay, you know, this is this is a new contract, or um, I think there was another. I can't remember. There's one feature I know where it, it it checks like, can't remember exactly what it is. There is there is features out there for those kind of things, and it, it'll help um, avoid users running into you know fake, you know fake uh, artists on Manifold trying to impersonate other people. Um, I think that we have also have there, there is, um, some features being implemented for like whitelisting certain contracts. So, you know, if, if for example, you have a contract that's like, that gets whitelisted and, you know, it's whitelisted under a certain name, then anytime that another contract is trying to impersonate that with like a name, it's obviously going to get flagged, right? Like, you know, you're not going to have another Uniswap contract. And I think that will be a feature that can help. Um, specifically for, you know, to avoid those kind of fake people on Manifold. I think that's something to keep in mind as well, is just having an idea of, uh, for those, you know, for users on there, um, for artists on there, to avoid these kind of things from happening, is just always make sure that you you know the contract that's either yours or a project that you want, you know, you're, you're in a mint. Um, make sure to know, the manifold I believe does a great job of telling you what the contract is like right on the front um, underneath like the artist and the title. And so being able to know like, okay, I know this is, this is the, uh, this is the one I want to mint. This is the legit one. This is the contract memorize, you know, the first few digits and then you'll be able to avoid kind of running, you know, if you run into fake ones then you're able to, to just notice right off the bat that the contract's a different, uh, you know, a different address and you can avoid those. No, thank you so much for that. Also, shout out to Joe for pinning that up at the top. 
uh, just so everyone can know that, you know, if you're looking for the next 1,000X, $100 on a ledger or treasure grid plus can save you $100,000 down the line. So don't be that guy. Get yourself a ledger. It's not a paperweight. It is something that will protect you and save your ass down the road. Uh, I, another I thing- do love it. Sorry, I just got to say, I do love that he mentioned the grid plus because a lot of people don't know about this, like the grid plus. It's actually a, it's like a card-based hardware wallet. And so it's like a credit card that you can use with like any grid. It's like, so grid is like a machine, right? Like it looks like a, like a, um, looks like a, uh, one of those, um, oh gosh, what do they use for um, like, like Shopify or not Shopify? Um, they just like little white uh, cashier options that we have at like, you know, food trucks and stuff. It looks like that. It's just like a little thing. Where like you square, like to. point of sale. Yeah, square. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it looks like that. And then your hardware wallet is actually the card. So the recovery phrase is on this card and you can use it with any grid. Um, we actually, uh, we, uh, some of my coworkers went to East Denver last year and they met, they met the grid guys and they gave us a free grid. So we have it at our office and we hang out with it all the time. It's super weird, but it's also pretty cool to think like, you know, how that could be used. Um, but I, I, I didn't see that tweet, so I just think it's funny that he, he, he called out great as well. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you so much. Uh, that's that's super informative and good to know. It's it's always good to know about like up and coming uh, emerging technologies, especially when it comes uh, to safety. And uh, we're almost done with the the smart contract safety stuff, but I did have like two more questions when it comes to smart contract safety. Uh, one is uh, what is blind signing? <laughs> I feel like I see that a lot, and I'm like I I, I just I just do the thing. But I think it should be important for all of us to know what doing the thing is. So what is uh, blind signing, uh, signing, excuse me, and why do we occasionally have to blind sign? Yeah, so this is actually a kind of a fun or an, an interesting conversation because like when I first started, um, you know, my journey into crypto and into Web3, uh, I obviously did this through NFTs and blind signing, right, or the ledger device hasn't particularly caught up to smart contracts and so what blind signing means is so a big part of what the ledger device does is it's it's 100 verifiable meaning what you see on the device is what's happening um but the ledger device is also really stupid in the in the sense that it doesn't do really anything other than um keeping your recovery phrase right and, and storing the recovery phrase so the idea behind clear signing is when you're clear signing something, um, clear signing is the opposite of blind signing, is, is you're, you're getting the information on the device of what's happening. You know, you are transferring this amount of ETH to, you know, from this address to this address, and this is the address that's, that you're sending to. Clear signing gives a lot more information to that whole process, the whole transaction process. You can see it all on the ledger. And blind signing effectively just means that you are are not doing that. So you're trusting the um, you know the transaction information being put in front of you on like MetaMask or Rabi or you know Ledger Live, whatever. Actually, well, not Ledger Live because you'll be able to be able to clear sign Ledger Live, but um, other solutions like that. Ultimately, if if I'm being brutally brutally honest, <clears throat> I have never run into a situation while using NFTs where clear signing would have prevented someone from not running to, running into like an issue like that. Um, mainly because a lot of these wallet solutions, you know, you know, MetaMask, Rabi, um, Phantom, uh, you know, Temple, 
they are all they're all the point of those wallets is to give the user all the information that they need when making transactions because you know people have wallets in those uh in the you know in, in their software wallets and so they're not going to give you bad information um but always to keep in mind with blind signing is like you are you know there's you're not getting the full like verification um, that you could be getting from the ledger device um, but the the device just isn't at that point with a lot of smart contracts to be able to to give you that information uh, ultimately I wouldn't lose too much sleep over it um, you know it, it isn't something that it's always it's a great thing to read up on great thing to read up on at least you know have a good understanding between the difference of clear signing and blind signing um, and if you have the option to have clear signing absolutely go for it but you know, if you're somebody that's out there that, you know, you're reading a lot of like, oh, don't sign anything um, with blind signing, you, that's pro- you're, you're, you are more than likely okay blind signing. It's really not going to put you in harm's way. Just make sure that you're reading the transaction that you're being put in front of you. No, thank you so much. I think that, that cleared it up for a lot of us because I, I've been doing the blind signing and I'm like, I don't know what it's doing. I'm just doing the thing because I want the pretty picture. Um, but it's really good to know, you know, what's actually happening and making sure that, you know, we're, we're all informing ourselves with the actions that we take. And I'm glad that you were able to clear that up. And that kind of brings us to the point where we do have some questions from people who commented on the post, which we're really excited. Also, I want to open this up for anybody who wants to come up on stage and ask Peachy some questions. We do have a couple of minutes towards the end of the show. So if you do have any burning, lingering questions, I invite you all to please request to come up on stage. We'd love to see some friendly faces come up here and hang out with us. Um, The first question that I actually have is from one of our good friends and one of the team members from Burrito Dow, Buzzy. Um, the first question he has, or the question he has, excuse me, is where do you think the balance is between self-custody and convenience? And uh, are there improvements that device manufacturers like Apple could be making on their end? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think the there's, there's definitely a, a very careful balance between convenience and um uh, you know, security. A, a great example of this is if you have a MetaMask wallet like you're using now and you want to move to a ledger, obviously the way that you're going to do that is create a new recovery phrase on the device um, and then transfer the assets from MetaMask to this new device with the new ETH address. But a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to pay the gas for that. or I don't want to transfer all those NFTs or I want to keep the address that I have. And so they'll input... Um, the, their MetaMask recovery phrase into the device, um, which obviously is not going to uh, secure that recovery phrase because it was generated on MetaMask and it's still usable in MetaMask. Um, so the way that I see it is as we kind of progress in the future, I think that it's going to be extremely important to um, be able to interact with, with different, you know, interact with different dApps, um, you know, in, in as, as many different ways as possible and be able to, uh, you know, sign, you know, interact with, interact with things. But at the end of the day, having that, you know, having the, the device or something, whether, you know, even, even if it's a secure element in a phone, right, that is going to stop and, and require you to, you know, to read the transaction and then approve it, um, knowing that your recovery phrase is really safe. I think that's kind of the conversation behind 
convenience and security is how can you how can you get as convenient as possible while having that 100% safety guarantee behind your recovery phrase being secured because if there's anything out there that like a lot of people will ask like oh can't i you know um like approve isn't there like some transactions that i can approve like uh, without my ledger, right? Like it would be so much easier if I didn't have to sign this every single time. And it's like, no, because if you did, it meant that whatever you're doing has access to your recovery phrase and you're no longer as secure as you could be. Um, so I think as long as you are, are staying true to that security first, um, pe- you know, peace of mind first, and 100% safety when it comes to your recovery phrase, um, then I think as that's when you can start breaking into convenience. No, I I think that's a a brilliant response to that. I think, you know, there's a fine line and it's about, you know, making sure and understanding that like the the reason why this might be an inconvenience is for the safety aspect, knowing that like nobody can touch your stuff. And that actually kind of brought up a question that I had lingering in my mind as you were speaking too. Um, For example, you know, we have our ledgers uh, with a certain wallet address. But you can also connect your ledger to a wallet, like a MetaMask. So let's say you have a different wallet and address <laughs> under the same wallet, like a different account. That wallet gets drained. Will that affect your NFTs and assets on your ledger? I'm not sure if that was clear. No, that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, absolutely not. <laughs> You're... If you have your your ledger device connected to MetaMask um, and your MetaMask like recovery phrase gets gets you know exposed or whatever, and that your assets get drained out of the MetaMask accounts, your ledger account won't be affected by that, and that's because MetaMask doesn't actually have access to your private keys, um, so you're secure in that way. Um, but to kind of kind of talk about this a little bit further. Um, something that a lot of people don't even realize with the ledger device that adds like an extra layer of security for themselves is to add a second ETH address in their uh, ledger live, for example. So this is how I have my device set up. I have my first address, which I I consider like my daily use address. And then I have a second address, which is what I consider my vault. And so with this first address, this is what I'm like listing my NFTs with. It's what I'm, you know, connecting to websites, what I'm minting with. Um, and then my vault, so, so call it, is all I've done with that is set up the account. Um, and it's where all my ETH is. It's where all my NFTs are, but I'm not selling, not listing. And that's where they are. They just sit there. And the idea for this is if, if I were to say, you know, go onto a, a scam website and sign, you know, a bunch of set approval for alls. Um, the only address that can be affected is the address that I have connected to that site with. So a way to kind of put this in a, a little bit easier term is like, let's say on my, on my vault address, I had a hundred board apes and on my um, main in the, on like my main use address, I had one board ape. And I went to a scam website and signed a set approved for all, which means all of the board apes in that first address, the one that only has the one ape, um, I'm going to lose that board ape. But that that approval is only set for that address, meaning the other 100 that I have in my vault can't be touched at all. So this is a great way to like kind of separate your important NFTs, even in your ledger, even further where it's like you're only I'm only ever going to touch those NFTs 
uh, in Ledger Live. I'm only ever going. I'm not going to sign any approvals on OpenSea with them. I'm not going to connect that address to MetaMask. I'm not going to connect that address to any kind of DApps out there. They are just going to exist in a totally secure place, and I'm going to use this other ETH address to connect with things that I want to do. That's brilliant. Like I didn't even think about that. Um, the fact that within your own Ledger account. You know, you buy a ledger, you have your your ledger account with, with your ETH, and then within the ledger life itself, you can build out another ETH address within your ledger, transfer your NFTs, take a step further to make sure your NFTs are super secure. So it's like a vault. Would you say, Pichu, it's like a vault inside of a vault? Effectively, yeah. It's really it really is basically a vault within a vault. It allows you to like you know, interact with, with Web3 in the most secure way with a ledger device, but also, you know, ensures that while you're interacting with Web3, your most valuable things are just not going to be touched. Like, they're just not going to have, you're not going to have to worry about, you know, um, like the, for example, the um, the gasless transaction scam like we were talking about. Um, I would know for a fact that all the NFTs in that in my vault address can never I like that that scheme would never work for that address because I've never signed any approvals on OpenSea with it. I might have to make a, a vault within my vault after hearing that because it's genius. Like again, it's just these these small little tidbits and nuggets of information that can just help us be even safer than we already are. I didn't think about making a vault inside of a vault. So thank you so much for that. Another question, this is actually a question that I have, and I, I would love for all of us to get the answer to this, because considering what's going on with, you know, the collapses of FTX, you know, I personally was affected by Celsius, um, and I was victim because, you know, I put some of my crypto uh, into an earn account, you know, to get APY off my crypto and staking my crypto. I saw that I could stake my, my crypto in Ledger. Is it safe? to stake, you know, your crypto in Ledger? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, they, I mean, absolutely, right? Um, there's there's the, the just trying to decide who you're going to stake with, um, you know, d depending on like, you know, what validators you're going to you're gonna delegate to is totally up to you and your decision. And um, But ultimately, staking in Ledger Live is, is totally secure and safe. Uh, mainly because again, you you have access to the recovery. You know, you have access to the, those keys to the crypto that you're staking. Um, you are the one in control of being able to undelegate, to unstake, to swap out, um, which allows you you know so much more freedom in these situations than compared to like with Celsius, for example. Um, and that's what's like you know super super important. Um, you can also you know stake with like a lot of like we, we're actually trying to. Um, roll out more validators um i think we just recently put out our out i think it was i think it's our algorand out validator i can't really remember i know i just talked to someone the other day about it um but that's also like a, you know something that's that's really nice if you really want to be like super super double sure is to be able to to obviously stake with uh ledger's validators which um that's what i do uh obviously because you know you gotta support the company but um you know, staking in Ledger Live is is gonna is going to be one of, if not the most secure experience with staking that you can that you can have. To kind of go a little bit deeper into that, why is it safer than any of these centralized exchanges? I think a lot of us have mistrust. You know, personally myself, you know, coming from someone who is personally affected, I have a lot of mistrust with centralized exchanges. What makes staking with Ledger different from a centralized exchange? <laughs> 
it really comes down to just just who has access to the crypto, right? Who has access to the recovery phrase and the keys that controls that crypto. Um, you know, you are you it, with with owning those keys, with owning you know owning the the rights and the ability to control the assets. You don't have to worry about those those assets getting gobbled up and taken away, um, like you do with an uh, with an exchange. Um, you know, being able to to have full control over what's happening with the with with your crypto is is the is the way to secure it and to make sure that you have control over it whenever you need it. Uh, well, I had another question that I wanted to go off of that too. Um, in terms of you know, like you said, you know, having access to uh, your own crypto, you know, versus a centralized exchange, you know quote unquote having custody of your crypto and it's not your keys, not your not your coins and all that good stuff. Um what are the risks of, you know, staking, let's say, any crypto with ledger? Like like just like what what the risks are with with staking your crypto? Exactly. Or specifically on ledger. Specific I mean specifically on ledger, I think it really kind of just comes down to um I think in a lot of ways, uh something that might be interesting to think about is just how much, you know, how much APY you're getting on what you're on, on the crypto you're staking. Mm. Obviously, you know, you're not getting, you're, you're getting more, I think, realistic returns um, as a way to think about it in some ways, which is, you know, sometimes maybe unfortunate, I guess. Uh, but there, in, in terms of, you know, what you're, you're really losing, I guess, is more of just um, maybe flexibility as well. Um, that's actually like kind of a topic that I think you can you can speak to um, beyond just staking with Ledger Live. You know, Ledger Live, I I love it as an interface. I love it as a as a solution to interact with you know Web three and different DApps. But you know, it's only going to take you so far, right? Um, you only have access to so many DApps within Ledger Live, and you can only stake so many coins in, in Ledger Live. Um, there's a lot that you don't have access to and that you can't, you know, you can't stake and let your lie with. And so I think ultimately it's, you, you're kind of losing a little bit of the flexibility with your coins by staking and let your life. But what you're losing in that flexibility is you're gaining in the security of making sure that you have, uh, you have full control of those assets when you need it. That's, I think that's the most important part is like being able to stake and knowing that those are still your keys. Like nobody owns those keys other than you. Um, and I think that's probably one of the most important things that we've all learned over the couple last months is, you know, not your keys, not your coins. Um, but it's good to know that if you were to stake on Ledger Life, it, it's is it in Lido um, or what is it that you um, Ledger stakes, Ethan? Uh, we do Lido and then we recently Lido. have just uh, given the option for Kiln. But that's for um, if you want to become a validator and you have like 32 ETH sitting around, then you can uh, you can go through Kiln to be able to, to send the validator. <laughs> I do not have 32 <laughs> nor, nor do I. <laughs> exactly. It's unfor- an unfortunate. I wish I could utilize it. But uh, yeah, I, I also do not have 32 ETH sitting in my, uh, my ledger, which is really unfortunate. We can dream. We can dream. Um, and I think uh, I, I have one last question, and I think this is an important one. I talked to Jacob about this on a call, and I, I want to ask you this question, too, as we're, we're getting ready to wrap up the show. Unless anybody else wants to come up on stage and ask Peachy a question or comment in the bottom right corner, 
feel free to submit a question because we are getting towards the end of the show. And I'd love to hear from so many of the lovely faces in the crowd. If you guys want to come up, you guys are more than welcome to. But Peachy, one thing that, you know, (laughs) Jacob did bring up um, that I'd love to ask you as well is like, what would happen in, uh, you know, uh, end of the world situation should Ledger go down? Let's say Ledger files for bankruptcy. What would happen? Yeah. Um, in the event that Ledger goes bankrupt, or I actually I talked about this um, in the last space that I did, uh, if Ledger were to FTX, um, which is, uh, you know, an unfortunate way to, ex- to express that situation, um, ultimately, uh, you users would be affected a little bit. And the only, only way that I mean by affected is, you know, Ledger Live wouldn't be usable, right? Um, if let, Let's say like Ledger Live were to disappear. Um, you still have your device. The device works completely independent of Ledger as a company. Um, it works independent uh, of Ledger Live. You can, as long as you can connect that device to different like wallets or software solutions, whatever, you're able to access your assets. Um, and then if, let's say in the event, the device starts to no longer work, right? Ledger is gone. Your device doesn't work. You don't have Ledger Live. As long as you have the 24 words, you have still have full control of your assets. You're able to take those 24 words, put them into a, either a different hardware wallet solution or even a software wallet, you know, like MetaMask, and you're able to regain full control over your assets. Um, obviously, you're only ever going to do this in like a, you know, an end of the world situation where, uh, you can't use Ledger Live or your device, but that's like the power of your 24 words. That's what it means to own your keys on your crypto that, you know, you don't need Ledger to to own your keys and to, to own your crypto because as long as you have those 24 words, you have control of your assets regardless of the situation that they're in. And that's also why it's so important to to keep them in a safe place because, you know, if if you if you did not have your twenty four words written down somewhere or accessible, and Ledger were to just completely disappear, and your device were to no longer work after you know two or three years, then yes, you you have lost access because you don't have those twenty four words. So um, before I, I toss it over to Subtle Bubble, so those twenty four words important to grab um, to have safe, of course, so you can get your your access to your your crypto especially like on metamask your nfts and your eth but what about your other assets let's say you have bitcoin maybe you have some solana uh how would you gain access to those assets um you know other than like what would be the 24 words yep the 24 words i mean 24 words are for for every chain um you know and regard you know everything bitcoin you know tezos um solana uh, you know, Moon River, um, anything you can think of. Your, your 24 words are the BIP 39 standard is what is what encapsulates that whole process and it is what your um, your all of the private keys are generated from those 24 words. So it would just be a matter of okay, I got to find what software wallets. Um, you know, I have to use Electrum for Bitcoin, Phantom for Solana, MetaMask for ETH. Um, you know, and then so on and so forth with, with you, whatever other accounts you have, um, which is why, you know, obviously like you're so helpful because you have them in one place. But again, like it's that no, as long as you have those words, as long as you, you, they're in a safe place and you have access to them, you know, that there's really nothing that can happen where you're going to lose your assets. Um, we ledger can't transfer all of your assets, uh, out of the, out of your accounts. Um, we don't have that ability. The ability does not exist. 
uh, you can't even give us like approval to do so. Um, you know, you are completely independent of, of the company with the device and the, uh, and the recovery phrase. I honestly did not know that whatsoever. I learned something. I learned so much today, but like I, that to me was probably one of the biggest nuggets of information that I'm going to keep because I didn't know that the 24 words were what you would use to access not only your Ethereum, but Solana, your Tezos, your Bitcoin, everything like that. So mm-hmm. thank you for, for sharing that because I, I truly didn't know. And that's also why like they're, it's so, they're so important because if you lose those 24 words, then if you have Bitcoin or Tezos or you know regard, whatever you have, it's all accessible by that person that has the 24 words. Um, and that's like in situations where somebody says like, oh my God, I've been completely drained like of all my assets. You know, it's, it's not a, a transaction they signed. It's not a website they went to and signed something. They lost their 24 words and that's the unfortunate reality of it. No, that that is very, very unfortunate. But we have our good friend, the sip master himself, the one that sips above all, the guardian of the sip. We have Subtle Bubble here on stage. What is going on? Yo, that was quite an entry for uh, a question. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I just have like a question that um, is maybe like t- brushed on, but just could uh maybe some clarification because we talked about like um fake minting pages and stuff like that where you can sign a transaction and you know get bit in that way i'm curious um if there's such a thing as like a delayed attack where you may sign something and potentially be um bitten like in the future um is that such a thing yeah. So, um, you know, I think where, where you, where you can see these in action, for example, is, um, with this set approval for all, because effectively what it means is you are giving access to this address, um, of all the NFTs, um, in this collection that ever come into this wallet. Um, so there's two ways you can think about this. Um, uh, number one is, uh, depending on, on who the scammer is, uh, I, it's a story from someone that I met at VCon. Um, he actually signed a set approval for all on his board apes in his uh, wallet. And he like pretty quickly realized like, oh my God, I, I realized what I've just signed. And he went to revoke cash and revoke the approval before the scammer was able to put together a transaction to transfer those NFTs out. Um, now, typically, you know, this is this process is is utilized by bots, and you're not going to be able to to do it fast enough to be able to uh, revoke the approval before uh, transfer out has been made. But in those situations, if you are quick enough, it, you can obviously stop it. You know, he didn't lose his NFTs because he uh, he uh, revoked that approval before the transaction was able to be made, and that that will save you if you're able to do that. Um, but what can also happen, and this is something that is super frustrating and something that we hate seeing, um, is let's say you were to, you know, sign a set of pro- or sign an approval on, on your NFTs and your NFTs were to be taken out. If you don't revoke that approval, um, you, and you transfer NFTs from that collection into that address again, but before revoking that, um, then that, then the scammer has the ability to transfer those NFTs out as well. 
Um, and so it's essentially always going to be there until you revoke it. Gotcha. So um, to like follow up on this, my questions would be, if someone's ever interacted with a malicious transaction, would their best course of action be to um, jump ship to a new wallet um, or revoke their accesses before doing so? Or like, what would be um, your game plan if that happened to you? Yeah. <clears throat> Ultimately, if it really just comes down to the type of transaction that you signed. Um, if you sign like a simple transfer from where you're just transferring your NFTs away, then there's nothing else to do other than, you know, be sad that you transferred your NFTs away. Um, you don't have to revoke any approvals. Um, you don't have to jump ship. Um, everything, it, it, you're, you're not compromised in any way. You were just convinced to transfer your NFTs to a different address. Um, and then the, in the case of set approval for all, once you've approved or once you've revoked approval, um, on the uh, address that has, you know, a- approval over that NFT collection. Once that approval is revoked, then you're you're good to go. Um, a lot of what kind of way to think about it is, you basically have a uh, a hole in your ship, and you're you're taking on water, and you'll continue to take on water until you you plug it up. But then once it's plugged, you're good to go. Um, you don't have to you don't have to abandon the wallet. Um, I've seen that a lot, where somebody signs a set approval for all, and then proceeds to like spend you know tons of money and gas just draining the wallet into a different address um you don't need to do that but in the case that i kind of like to to go on to your your question a little bit more let's say you were to lose your recovery phrase and um that person was to take all your bitcoin and all of your solana but for some reason did not touch your eth um they decided they just didn't realize that your eth was there uh, you would have to like transfer everything out immediately like get everything out because those accounts are compromised and you would need to move to a new recovery phrase entirely um so that's the kind of the difference between that is is if you lose your recovery phrase then yes you need to get out and you need to you need to get out quick but um if you just sign transactions or approvals then you either don't have to or you just got to revoke some approvals and you're good to go Awesome. Thank you for clarifying too the difference between like losing the recovery phrase and signing transactions again. Because, like, as an artist, I fear for art I've collected, of course, as well as ETH I've earned, but also just the provenance on the collections I've deployed. So, for me to lose access to that and being able to like tap into the things I've put on the blockchain, um, yeah, that would be a big, big pain. So, Definitely just want to be safe on that and be just mindful of like how to stay safe on that. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the question. It was, it was an amazing question. Um, I love talking about those kind of things. Thank you so much for that uh, subtle bubble. I appreciate you coming up. Um, always love hearing from you. I'd love to open this up to anybody else who would love to come up on stage. If you have any questions for Peachy, I want to be mindful, of course, of your time, Peachy. I want to say from everyone at Burrito Dow, we're so grateful for your time. We appreciate you hanging out with us, answering all of our questions, uh, and even then some. Um, it really was, I think, beneficial for everyone here. Shout out to everyone also for being here with us. I want to shout out everyone and I apologize <laughs> in case I butcher your name. Uh, Suryanka, Six Star Squid Goal, uh, Kristen Nate, uh, Steve XOA, uh, Goliath HC, Luca, Notorious Serena, Roswell, 
Badge. I'm trying to keep up with everyone's name. Troop, Antonio, uh, Pinstripe, David, Reddy, Sam, Schmetty, Tristan, Mackie, Haley, Mozzie, Cliff, Noel, Clark, and Claire. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Honestly, it, it really means the world. We wouldn't be here without you all. And uh, we're just happy that we're here to give you guys some information. Peachy, is there anything you'd like to end up on? Um, yeah, actually, there's one thing I would I would love to just to just end on a little bit. Um, kind of talking about, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, your recovery phrase and self-custody and what it means to own your assets. And um, I just want to make it a point for, for everyone to remember, um, uh, you know, in the event that let's say you, you, you know, lose your recovery phrase, right? Or you just don't, you don't write it down um, and your device is, you know, broken or lost or reset, whatever. Um, there's not any way for us to get your recovery phrase back. And there's not going to be a way for you to regain access to your assets. Um, it is the kind of, I like to think of self-custody as like a double-edged sword. Um, and so that's why it's really, really, really important for everyone um, who, you know, who has a ledger, any hardware uh, solution to make sure that you have uh, your recovery phrase and that it's eligible and um, to make sure that it's, you know, it's correct. There's actually a, uh, um, a recovery check app in the in in Ledger Live, which will allow you to input your recovery phrase um, into it'll allow you to like to like type in your recovery phrase on the device, and it'll it'll tell you if that recovery phrase is correct if that's the one that's in the device. Who did you did you raise your hand? Yes, I did. Um, one thing I. I think is really important to like ask you before we head out because i think this is important for everyone because you also mentioned this earlier about these fake you know websites uh where are is there should we only be ordering buying ledgers from the ledger websites are there second third parties um should we be avoiding them uh i think that's a, a really important question where we get our our devices yeah um, this is a great question. Um, the answer is there's there's a, there's tons of places that you can buy a ledger. Um, buying the ledger from the website, obviously number one. Um, we have if you look up uh, ledger official resellers, we have a list um, for loads of different countries of different places that you can buy devices from, different websites. Amazon is one of our official resellers. It's totally safe to buy from Amazon. Uh, we just recently. Um, uh, started selling ledgers in Best Buy, actually. So buying a ledger from Best Buy is totally safe. It's totally, you're totally, totally, totally safe. Um, I just recently bought actually a, uh, a colored ledger from eBay. Um, that also is totally safe. And the reason for that is there's, there's kind of like two main reasons for it. Um, number one is I know for a fact that when I get that device, um, as long as I'm the one that has set the recovery phrase. So if I get the device and it's already been set up, right? It's like, okay, that's kind of annoying, but I just reset the device and set up and generate my new recovery phrase and I'm good to go. And the reason why that's safe is number one, you're not going to run into any um, malicious hardware or software inside the device because when you connect to Ledger Live, right, for that first time to set up your accounts, uh, and actually, every time you connect to Ledger Live, the device goes through what's called a genuineness check. And essentially what that does is it ensures that there's no third-party software or hardware installed on the device. And if it does not pass this check, then you're not able to use Ledger Live. So you wouldn't be able to set up your accounts. Um, and if you don't pass a genuineness check, 
then you know, like, okay, I don't use the device. Um, I can also say in all of my time at Ledger, I've never seen anyone, any device not pass a genuine check. Um, so I have never actually seen, heard of, um, or even interacted with, or really have ever heard of a case where there was a legitimate Ledger device that did have some, you know, third party uh, software or hardware installed in the device. I can tell you it, it just really, it never happens. Um, but even if it did, you the genuineness check would would make sure that that device is genuine. On top of that as well, we do have a help center article, which I always recommend to people. It's it's if, if you look up, is my ledger genuine? Um, it will it'll walk you through like, okay, what are the contents in the box? You know, uh, connecting to Ledger Live. Did you set up your own recovery phrase? And if you can say yeah, like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good on that whole process, then you should feel totally safe that your device is genuine and it's good to go. That's awesome to know. I, it was just something that I, I think, I forget someone mentioned it, uh, but it was something that was kind of like spewing in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, I, I should 100% ask this because I went into Best Buy the other day and I did see a ledger and I was like, hmm. But again, these are these are good things to know as we, you know, as we start to see uh, NFTs, crypto kind of become, quote unquote, a little bit more mainstream. And, you know, the topic of security, of course, um, being so, so important right now. Um, other than that, Peachy, is there anything else you'd like to leave us off on? I think really just like make sure you have your 24 words, <laughs> make sure it is in a safe place and make sure that you never give it to anyone. Um, if you get a DM from me asking you for your recovery phrase, uh, you know that I'm a scammer. If you get a DM from Moody asking for your recovery phrase, you know he's trying to scam you as well. They're, we're not doing it. No one will try to do it. Uh, don't give your recovery phrase out to anyone at any time for any reason. Uh, that's that's by far the number one most important thing. And if you remember to do that, you're you're going to vastly protect yourself from ever losing your assets. Hi, this is your common sense calling in right now and reminding you all <laughs> to please go pick up a ledger, pick up something just to put your crypto and your assets away and store them safely. Don't give out your uh, recovery phrase or anything of the sort and always just be safe out there on the streets of Web3. Uh, Peachy, from everyone out here at Burrito Dow, I just want to say on behalf of the entire team, thank you so much for hanging out with us this evening. I hope this is one of many more spaces that we can do down the road as we continue to educate our, our friends, our artists, our collectors on the best practices to keep them safe and keep their hard-earned NFTs and crypto uh, in a safe place. I feel that I learned a lot. Uh, I think everyone at the team learned a lot and everyone in the crowd. Thank you for answering all of our questions. Um, again, there's no dumb question in this room. And I'm glad that we asked as much as we could. So from everyone, thank you so much. Peachy, Joe, is there anything else you'd like to leave off on? No, just thank you everyone for coming. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll do more stuff like this in the future where we'll continue the conversation around security and all of that. Um, and I also know that when we first discussed things, uh, Ledger's actually got some stuff in the work for communities like us, uh, you know, to, to, to just help us learn more, have more examples um, and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm just happy to be able to help people out with such an important thing. Awesome.
Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys. Thank you guys again. I just want to say thank you again for having me and for letting me come up and talk to you about this stuff. It's one of my favorite things to do. And when I, you know, nothing I love more than being able to chat with communities about security. It's super important. And I appreciate the, you know, the teams in, in this space that, you know, want to take the time and, and, and set these things up with us to be able to give their community an opportunity to get some, you know, get some answers on really important topics, especially during this time. 100%. Uh, thank you again for everything. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us again. Get a ledger, get a burrito. Heck, why not put a burrito on your ledger or, or stick a ledger inside your burrito? Just kidding. Don't do that. Everyone, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Stay safe. Um, and everyone, have a great rest of your evening. Thank you all so, so much. Thank you.